Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish. Here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from my book, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am running the hardcover adventure Scarlet Citadel by Kobold Press. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to a dedicated Discord server, a monthly Q&A, the City of Arches sourcebook, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, a bunch of exclusive adventures, early previews of videos, all kinds of other stuff that you get access to for being a patron of Sly Flourish. But most of all, you help me put on shows like this. To the patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you so much for your support. I don't know if I'm going to have a game today. I have, a, I have a, I, at least two people that are out and then a couple that didn't mention anything. So it's possible I don't have enough people today. But we are going to prep as though we are. Anyway, summer's been hard. A lot of people have been away for summer. A lot of events going on. A lot of people going on, you know, traveling around. So it's been pretty tough. But we are going to prep anyway because we don't know. And even if we have like four, we could definitely run. Three would be pretty hard because we're right in the middle of a big fight. So we'll see. So 9 July is our game today. When we last prepped our game, the last session of the game, the characters were right at the entrance or right about to deal with a bunch of whites and wraiths or some kind of undead guardian things that were protecting a sarcophagus holding the river lord the river lord was once a a servant of karen the boatman who was protecting the black river here beneath the scarlet center this particular branch of the black river and was betrayed by a priestess a priestess of Karen, who ended up becoming a priestess of vardazane and became a lich and the vardazane priestess stuck him in the sarcophagus, surrounded it with salt water and kind of, you know, encapsulated them, took out a key and then threw the key away. The key ended up in the hands of a blood hag. So the characters met the blood hag, got the key, brought the key to the sarcophagus, had to fight the guardians, unlocked the sarcophagus. The sarcophagus opens and River Lord comes out saying, oh yeah. And he goes and runs and says, I'm going to go kick Lagfell, who's the lich. I'm going to go kick her ass. And he goes zipping up the river. And it was interesting because... They saw him go up the river and, and they said, and I said, so what do you want to do? And they're like, why don't we go talk to the mushroom people? And they're like, okay. And I think a couple of players are like, really? You want to go talk to the mushroom? We just saw the river Lord go right after the lich. Don't we want to follow the river Lord? And they're like, well, we just got our asses kicked by these undead. We should probably take a, take a breather. So they went and they talked to the, the mushroom folk. The mushroom folk told them lots of information that was going on. They had a nice long rest with the mushroom folk. They found a twisted altar. They actually found out it was a very similar altar to the one where Skrink Skibbers had been sacrificed, you know, a year ago or whatever by Deep Ones. And that's foreshadowing the Shogoth, like the, the, the battle against the Shogoth, the battle against the Deep Ones were foreshadowing that. And the nice little character hook is the idea that Skrink Skibbers was sacrificed by the Deep Ones beneath Zobek. So that's cool, right? Drawing in, taking a character, taking a background that they that they picked, right? The, the player had this idea that their character got sacrificed. And and then I just connected dots. I said, how would it be if you were sacrificed by Deep Ones? And like, sure. Like, they didn't have any thought about who they were sacrificed to. So then we draw this connection between the Deep Ones and 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 one of, the, one of the characters. So that works really well. So they spent time with the Mushroom Folk. They then took a long rest. And in my back of my mind, I'm like, you went and released the River King to go fight Lagfell, and now you gave Lagfell a long rest. Like, how do you know how that turned out? Now, I don't know if they were thinking, like, well, probably the River King killed Lagfell, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. But I had them, I foreshadowed, like, no, there was a battle, but the River King is dead. And so, 
they then, after the mushroom thing, went, they went to Lagfell, and Lagfell is recovering. And I just, basically, I just extended the rest. I just said it takes Lagfell longer than the amount of time that they rested. Lagfell needs longer to survive, to, to rest from this battle against the River King. So they go in, and, the, and Lagfell's like sitting in a throne, and she goes up, and she goes, oh, what the F is this now? Who are you, right? Like, I just, you know, and the River King's skull is in the corner, shattered, and a bunch of dead whites that the river king had killed and lagfell's looking beat up and kind of exhausted and having expended a bunch of her energy and and they're like we're here to kick your ass and they got a big fight and it was brutal it was this really big powerful fight and i used the monstrous menagerie yeah the, the monstrous menagerie lich let's take a look a5e.tools and we'll go to monsters why am i doing this i've got i've got it in my in the monster database I didn't like the Hierophant Lich too much because it's like CR9. That might have been better or I could have just made up my own CR9 using Forge of Foes. But I was like, no, let's do like a real Lich, you know, because it's like CR21, but it's wounded. So, so the you know, she she had like same AC hit points, same 170, same 170 hit points, 18, 18 AC. But I just basically lowered a lot of her spells. She just didn't hit her top end spells because she exhausted all those spells battling, battling the River Lord, the River King. She didn't really use much of her legendary resistances. I didn't have her rejuvenate. She tried her paralyzing touch and missed. She used her arc lightning at least once. And then I had her throw the a frozen version of the fireball. This was kind of interesting. And it was, a, it was kind of an interesting lesson. And I never really know what to do with something like this. But I basically said like, disintegrate she'd already used power word stun finger of death these were all used she probably used up i don't know if she used her confusion or not but i didn't get to it and i had her throw a fireball but instead of it being a fireball it was like an ice ball right it was a big frozen ball and skrink cast counter spell on the fireball and i could have just had it get countered particularly because she has legendary action she could have she could have just used more spells but then I remembered that she has this sabotage spell action. When a creature within 60 feet casts a spell that targets the Lich, the Lich attempts to interrupt it. The Lich makes an intelligence check, DC 10 plus the spell's level. She used a fourth level counter spell. So it was a DC 14. So the Lich had to make a DC, uh, an intelligence check. Intelligence of the, the, the Lich is a uh, plus five. So it's a 15. And I rolled it, or plus five, and she succeeded, right? She, she succeeded with the check. And that not only counters the spell, but also does 10 damage to the caster. And it worked, but it did take one of the players and one of the characters' best spells and just negate it. And I come back to, I just don't like counterspell. And, and I really, I, I, I do think that I am going to add it to my list of like session zero, fifth edition rules. Like, how about we all just agree not to use counterspell? And the reason why is like, the enemy monsters use it too, and you don't like it when they do, and I don't like it when you use it against them. Like it, the counter spell in particular is a spell that removes the joy from somebody to try to give it to somebody else, and that's not not a lot of stuff in fifth edition is like that. You know, this sort of like Magic: The Gathering blue deck kind of stuff. That there are lots of things that characters can do that aren't re that aren't removing the agency of the other actor the other actor being like an enemy spellcaster now particularly if it's a lich so it'd be one thing if there were five enemy spellcasters that are all hurling lightning bolts and doing stuff and one of the characters cast counterspell on one of the five guys when they cast lightning bolt and that one guy can't use lightning bolt that's not so bad but when it's the lich and there's only one of them and they only have one action they can take around that can cast a spell like this 
you know, and and uh, again, like they they uh, there is this like they can use three legendary actions to cast another spell. She she could have just done it again, and maybe that would have been a better, more fun way to do it. Is that she can still be she can still do a lot of different things, but you know that 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 sort of like it, it's there are there are certain things in fifth edition. There's not a lot of them where the joy that the person gets using it is actually removing joy from the other from someone else and and many times the dm right that like the dm wants their monsters to do things they want to see the monster do stuff too they don't mind the monster dying they don't mind the monster taking a bunch of damage they don't mind a lot of it but the control aspects the forced movement forced movement isn't terrible and again and it's not necessarily on all monsters it's against very specific monsters but often it's those very specific monsters where the player really wants to take it away like the lich they're not going to cast counterspell on a, on a flame skull right even though the flame skull is also throwing a 28 point fireball they're not going to cast counterspell on a flame skull but they will on a lich because they want to stop the lich or force their movement or stick them in a force cage or stun them or anything like that but like i look at power word stun it's like i'm not taken i don't want to do this like i don't want somebody to be stunned it's the whole reason that i there's a bunch of extra spaces in my translation here it's the reason that i have in the lazy dms companion let's pull it up one of the reasons that we have the stress effects thing in the lazy dms companion is to deal with this that anytime you're taking agency away from a player you can give them the option instead to break out of it by taking psychic damage Right. And, and, you know, I have this little one line here. You can also apply this mechanism for breaking effect by taking psychic damage to characters who are frightened, stunned, or incapacitated. If you're taking away their actions, give them the option to instead accept psychic damage or break out of it. I had people who said that this is actually worse than just stunning them because it gives them this like decision of like the worst, the least of two evils, which is worse than just having one. I don't agree. I would rather like you can always not do it. So I don't know that I buy that this is this makes it worse that it that having an effect that's on you and you take damage. I've seen players who are like, I don't know if I'm, I'm, if I'm eighth level and I'm taking 48 psychic damage to break out of this psychic attack, then, you know, if I roll low, if I roll high, I'm going to be down anyway. And you're like, well, you're already incapacitated. It doesn't really matter if you're also down, but it's like, well, hit points are hit points. But then if they roll low, they might still be able to act. So I, 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 I still think it's a good effect. I still like it. I've heard, I've heard arguments against it, but I still like it. And the reason this is in here is to break that idea that you're stealing agency away from one of the players, which I did with counterspell, which kind of sucked. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't really a fan. And it, and it, that was an example like that. I felt bad afterwards. I don't, I don't think the player was happy and I wasn't happy. So who exactly gained anything from that? Right. It made sense and it was cool. And it makes sense that like the lich, you know, has, of course, like the lich isn't going to let you counterspell her spell. Like she's a lich, right? She's 20th level spellcaster, you know? So it doesn't make sense from a story perspective that, that the lich would be counterspellable. Also particularly because it's like, it's a higher level spell anyway. I guess it was a third level spell, but I don't know. So that, that was an, a learning, that was a learning experience. That was something that I kind of, you know, made me think about it. And once again, for me, reinforces the idea that that I would prefer if we all just agreed not to use counterspell because I just I mean how important is it really like first of all I'll tell you it's in the monster's favor like counterspell is definitely in the monster's favor because I have as many monsters as I want and they are they can blow all their spell slots in one battle where characters usually want to hang on to some of their spell slots spell slots for characters are a much more finite resource than they are for enemy spellcasters so they can counterspell all day long so if you're fighting a spellcaster npc that has counterspell it's going to burn a lot of them 
that sucks. You don't want that, right? So yeah, I don't. I'm just. I'm. I'm, I'm not a fan. Anyway, they defeated her in the end. They, they they defeated the lich, and right as she was falling, the door to the south broke open. I should bring up Owlbear so we can see it. So here was the big room they went into. They went in. They fought her. They defeated her. She dropped. And then the door opened up to the south and the chain thing came out. And, and this was kind of like, I didn't want the characters, I wanted to keep, you know, they, like I, I wanted to keep the initiative high. I wanted to keep the energy going. So I, so I had them go up. But now I found out that a bunch of players are going to be out. And it could be really deadly for the people who are left. So we're going to see, we're going to see how this goes. We're going we're gonna to see how today's session goes. But once they have defeated, so if we go to our notes here. I'm, I'm going to jump to scenes just because I'm already here. Battling the chained thing. Then travel to the ziggurat of Ling. I want to do some research on Ling, the world of Ling, because there's a portal to it. And then travel, recover the third posohedron. Delve into level six. This is not necessarily all just in today's session. This, this might take more than one session just to cover cover those parts now we have the chain thing attacks as our strong start always easy to go with a big battle for your strong star if you end in a cliffhanger right before people come in it works really well characters i don't remember who's in and who's out today so we'll kind of go through all of them bart bart is a gearforged bard diplomat always prefers to make allies when he can as opposed to enemies and has a connection to the fourth icosahedron. I don't know what it is. I still wonder if, I, I still kind of like the idea, like what if Bart is the weird weaver? Like, would that be, you know, would that be kind of a fun, interesting thing? And that's one where like, you want to talk to the player and I don't know how I'm going to play that out. I kind of want to talk to the player and make sure like, hey, what if you were the like, the physical avatar of the weird weaver and were brought here to aid in the, the other characters to try to help them succeed in getting the four icosahedrons. You know, how would you feel about that? That might be kind of a fun way to go. Doran Greycastle, a shade fighter sorcerer, former adventurer who is trying to find his way home or find his way to the afterlife. He's not really sure yet, but he definitely has a connection. So when we think about like our... If we're going to add some character connections here, and these could really be secrets as well, that Dorn can feel the chain thing tearing open rifts to the Dustlands, also known as Evermaw. The, port, the rift on level two, one and two, uh, comes from the presence of this horrible creature. So that that is a good that's a good secret. Oh, so we can do the other one. Bart feels a strong connection to the remaining two icosahedrons. Bart has some sort of direct connection to the weird weaver. Garble is a mushroom folk rogue far traveler. I know that the player for Garble is not going to be here today, so we'll skip. Mez Roomsleth is a fighter parfumier. I can't remember if Mez is out this week. I think I think they might they might be, it's either this week or they're going to be out in the next couple of weeks, but I think they might be out. I think they're out starting this week. Sister Malarkey Jones is a warlock cleric tiefling follower of, follower of the Weird Weaver, I think might also be out. And Skrink Skibbers was sacrificed by the Deep Ones beneath Obek, which gave them the power to summon 
the Shogoth. I think a fun secret might be, these are really all secrets. We're going we're gonna to just stick these right down in secrets. But the idea that you build your first secrets from the characters, I think, can really work. Another thing is that we could have Immorta gave the Deep Ones knowledge of the ritual they needed to summon the Shogoth. The Shogoth is the final, and this is a secret, the Shogoth is the final what? So I, I, I lied about the scenes. Battling the chain thing, traveling, traveling to the den of the Deep Ones, destroying the Shogoth. There is the final anchor of the third icosahedron. That's a good secret. With the closing of the fourth of the third icosahedron, the energy draw of the fourth escalates. It must be recovered and closed soon or it will destroy the crossroads. Nice big threat, big epic threat. So we have our, let's see, we no longer need our character connections. We have our strong start. We've reviewed our characters. We have our scenes. Any other secrets? We're going to take, I think one thing we'll do today is, is take a, a deeper look into level six and what can kind of go on in level six. But we can look at these two other areas. Oh, I wanted to do some stuff about Ling. And I think that the Tome of Beasts 1 had some information about Ling. Damn it. This is the new 2023 edition of Tome of Beasts 1. I got the physical version of it last week and used it in my Wednesday group, and I liked it a lot. Although I almost killed everybody with a, I almost TPK'd the party with a Star Spawn of Cthulhu, which we'll talk about in, in, on the talk show. Ling apparently comes up to a folk of Ling. The folks of Ling are interpolanear merchants and avid slavers trade, trading silks, rubies, and the magic-infused stones of Ling for humanoid slaves. They sail between worlds on peculiar ships with split lanteen-rigged masts and rigging that howls like the damned of howling winds. They are said to befriend void dragons, heralds of darkness, the high plateau. Ling is a forbidding plateau surrounded by hills and peaks. Its cities are places which some have claimed fallen into ruin and which others claim to have visited in living memory. What, what does, I don't know what Ling is. Where else do we find that? Why is, why is Ling, Ling seems to show up in a million places. I don't know why. Let's go to the spiders of Ling. The nefarious spiders of Ling are highly intelligent, very ancient people steeped in evil lore and hideous malice and abiding hatred for all humans. They sometimes ghost walk, blah, blah, blah. Their blood is poisonous. I don't, there's nothing about Ling here either. Oh, I know why. Ling comes up because it's in challenge. That's unfortunate. Let's see if the Midgard book has anything. If anybody in the Twitch chat knows more about where I can find information on Ling, I'm all ears. You know, the same problem that Ling is too common a word because challenge. The second is the Utter East, including distant Kandiria, beyond the Dragon Empire, a land known for only through trades for most citizens of Midgard, as well as Sikkim, Ling, Sandilar, and the Pirates of the Lotus Island. So maybe it's a location. Maybe it's not a planier place. It's also where in, what if I do Ling space? The Plateau of Ling. Ah, so the, the, the Plateau of Ling is from Lovecraft. Interesting. But I'm curious if the, I think there's a Midgard part of it as well do a search for plateau here we go guarding the primary pass up onto the heights of the plateau of ling this enormous fortress interesting so where's this this is interesting this book has so much lore in it man the abandoned fortress guarding against the spiders of ling now sometimes held by the folk of ling and sometimes abandoned said to be observatory a giant throne this place looks neat well i'm gonna have to do some homework on it i think 
because I need to read more and I don't I need to spend more time digging in. So we will we will dig into that. Ling is a forbidden plateau surrounded by hills and peaks. Its cities are places. Ling is a Ling exists in the lost I'm gonna make part of this up. Sands of the Dragon Empire to the north. Some say it reaches out and touches the realms beyond the spiders of Ling rule over thousands of thralls whose minds have been twisted beyond thought as they serve their uh, otherworldly masters. Eh, good enough. Let's see if I can just do a quick search. So, Kobold, Press, Midgard, Ling. The travels of Lucano Volop are the, by the captured monks. Uh, what is this? From what I gather, Ling is the name of a high plateau to the north. It rests on the roof of the world and in the middle of a massive range of mountains. The nomad told fanciful stories of the creatures who inhabit the plateau. I think this is kind of fun. A strange note. It's kind of fun. The spider gods. Cool. Found a little bit of lore. How are we doing on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? So I have 10 secrets. Is there any other secrets that they could learn? The Ling lore is kind of fun. We already have deep ones and their, their lore. We could see, is there any, are the deep ones in? I don't know if deep ones are in. They are. Deep ones in, in here. This is all kind of fun. On the deep ones. We're going to make sub page because we have a lot of deep one lore. Here's a neat, uh, let's see. We can clean it up. That's something that, that like the ChatGPT implementation inside Notion is really good at. Is It cleans out, you can actually do it at a line level. You can, in a line, you can space and say, clean up this line and get rid of the line breaks and it just does it. It's really, really pretty cool. So what else? We got our secrets and clues. We're not gonna worry about fantastic locations. River King is no more. We no longer need to be current. The chain thing definitely is Lagfell is dead. We can only have to worry. I think the idea is like Lagfell. I think this could be a secret. Lagfell. The chain thing attacks Lagfell is beginning to reform. The chain thing is her phylactery, is her soul vessel. The West Nightcaster, Les Basklag. I think that's good. Benchmark, the characters are, I think, no, they're seventh level. But I don't know how many we have. So it's like seven, you know, seven times how many players are there divided by two. I'm not going to be able to figure it out ahead of time. We have deep ones, scrags, shadow skeletons. We I think we've, I'm, I'm whited out. We've used whites for so long now. I don't need them anymore. Whoops. Shadow skeletons they faced. I don't think we need more shadow skeletons. Time to do stuff other than undead. Deep one high priest, water leaper. Drown Maiden, Chain Thing, Fate Eater. I don't think we need the Fate Eater anymore. They dealt with the Fate Eater. Uh, Ghostwalk Spider, Spider of Ling, Greater Scrag, Deep One, yes. Hierophant Lich, nope. Archmage, nope. Lesser Shogoth. I think I made that Lesser Shogoth. Shadow River Lord. Yeah, that looks like a mistake. So we've got that. Treasure-wise, I think we're just going to go with what's in the book, whatever that happens to be. I can always pull up a, I can always make a horde though. Is there any other? So I have a lesser Shogoth. Let's see. I think I made, did I make this one up? Yeah, I think I made this up. I, I like it. Yeah, right. I, I made this guy up using Forge of Foes. Why don't we do the same thing for, let's take a look at the chain thing. It's not so bad. CR6, 114. It's magic resistant. 
Makes one slam attack and uses infectious insanity. Slam is one creature plus eight to hit 16 bludgeoning. Chooses a creature DC 13 effect by confusion spell. I think we're going to do this as a bonus action because uh, DC 13 wisdom saving throw or uses its reaction to move and make an attack of the GM's choice against an ally of the target. And it has it can do a shuddering wave. That's a good that's a good attack. These slam attacks, being two slam attacks against two different targets. That's pretty good. Three, three. And we're gonna extend that range to twenty-five feet as it throws changes chains around. I don't like regen. Getting rid of the regen. That looks good. We'll see what those hit points are like during during the game. Same with these number of attacks. We'll scale these attacks, but I can deal with that. That looks good. Cool. Treasure. We are going to use the Sly Flourish's Lazy GM's Random Generator. We can generate all kinds of stuff. This is a Patreon-exclusive feature. Join the Sly Flourish patron, and you can get access to this random generator along with all of the background material on the generator to be able to make your own. And we are going to go make a Tier 2 Treasure Hoard and see what we come up with. Ooh, Potion of Fire Breath. This looks fun. We'll grab this one right here. And then we will, so we've got that. Then why don't we take a look at some, ah, we'll see, see Vault of Magic. Cloak of Wicked Things, Black Cloak of Tatters, but closer respect because it's sewn in the numerous scraps of cloth shaped like bat wings. You can transform to a swarm of bats. Cloak of Wicked Things. Hmm, I'm always nervous about giving away magical armor because we have one guy whose armor class is through the roof. Bone Whip is kind of fun. Earrings of the Eclipse, that sounds fun. So we got a couple of fans. Let's let's take a look at the regular DMG magic items. Dust of Dryness is fun. Staff of Withering is fun. It's not too OP, right? It's three charges, regains 1d3. It's got to be wheel as a thing. On a hit, it deals damage as normal. You can expend a charge to deal an extra 2d10 necrotic damage to the target. That's kind of cool. In addition, the target must succeed on a DC 15 con saving throw or have disadvantage for one hour on any ability check or saving throw that uses strength or con. So you can weaken it to con, but it doesn't, you know, it's not disadvantage on. That might be a fun thing for the Spiders of Ling to have. And let's, whoops, let's do a relic. Go to item. We will go to Midgard. We will go to Deep Magic Spells. Radiant Cyclopean Statue of Rob. Palix, Demon Lord of Deception. That's cool. That casts Black Hand. What does Black Hand do? You gather the powers of darkness in your fist and fling dark paralyzing flame at a target. Successful range spell attack. The spell siphons vitality from the target. For the spell duration, the target has disadvantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws made. Can make con saves. Up to a minute. Yeah, sure. Why not? That looks fun. Uh, Infernal Natural Key of Loki. Cast Cloak of Shadow. Giving yourself advantage in dex checks against creatures. That could be fun. I don't know about an infernal natural key, but I like everything else. And I like that it's a Loki, another Loki thing. I like that it's a pipe. That's kind of fun. A dwarven. And what's an interesting radiant, infernal, bloody, cursed, acidic, cyclopean, stormy. It's funny that this doesn't have, I, I, I wonder if I'm using like the right, what about like made out of crystal or wood or things like that? What could it be made out of? That would be kind of fun. Glyph Dwarven Pipe of Loki that casts Cloak of Shadows once per day. You basically puff it out and smoke comes out and surrounds it. That's pretty cool. I think we're good. We get a big pile of treasure. See, that treasure generator is a really handy way to, to, to do treasure. Easy, lazy, good to go. 
I think we are all set for today's adventure. I know I said we would go through level six. I need to spend some time and actually read through level six. And then I sit on a couch, listen to some music, drink a coffee, and read up on level six of Scarlet Citadel before we get down there. But I don't think we are in any risk of getting down that far in this session. So I think we're all set. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my Sunday RPG. If you enjoyed this show and you want more material like this, please consider subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You add your email address. It's absolutely free. You get a free Adventure Generator PDF and a weekly RPG-related email sent directly to your email inbox. You can also support me directly on Patreon. Patrons get access to the Lazy GM's Generator, which you just saw, Uncovered Secrets Volume 1 and 2, the City of Arches Sourcebook, dedicated Discord server, monthly Q&A, video previews, product previews, special sales, all kinds of stuff that you get for being a, a patron of Sly Flourish. And you can pick up any of my books, including The Lazy DM's Companion, which I was just showing, The Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, and The Lazy DM's Workbook, all at the Sly Flourish bookstore. Links for that are all in the show notes below. Thank you all so much. Have a great day, and get out there and play a role-playing game.